How many mics do we? Government, the other day. Ride it away, ride it away. Funky on the mic like an old batch of cops. My mind can't remember how many asteroids are still at heart. And no one's from the old school. Cause rapper's still a brand new tool. I say, we be the same old new school. I am Idris Goodwin. And I am Kevin Coble. And uh, in here, we talk about the week in hip hop, making bridges and connections to the past and the present and beyond. And we yes, got sir. Much, much to get into today. Shout out, shout out Vocal the Radio. Shout out the team that you know puts us on. Shout out to folks tuning in. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Takes a village, my friends. And uh, let's kick things off. You know, very interesting. A uh, new story, which I thought would be a perfect thing for us to talk about as bridge builders between the past. Uh, Swiss Beats, who is the uh, producer extraordinaire, one of the main architects of the Rough Riders movement of the 90s, which brought us artists like DMX. All I know is pain. What? All I feel is pain. What? How can I maintain what? with that on like my Eve. Eve. He bought you things and gave you diamond rings, but them things wasn't worth none of the pain. Like the locks. You think of me, you think of a problem. Who, what, when, and how you gonna solve them? Automatic or revolve them? He also pioneered this versus platform along with Timberland, which has been the platform for these quarantine times. Uh, and he said that he wants to give a million dollars to artists from the old school. Are you familiar with this story, Kevin? Did you catch wind of this story? Yeah, no, you you put it to my attention. Yeah, so I mean, it's it's really interesting. I mean, they they have a really big opportunity here, and you know, it reminds me of what Jay said on, I don't know if it was Izzo or that blueprint yes, record. Oh yeah, overcharge the dudes for what they did with the cold crush. Yeah, overcharging labels for what they did with the cold crush. Yeah, cold crush. yeah, yeah. Which so, we can break that down. I mean, the cold crush brothers were like. You know, before hip hop was on record, hip hop was event based. It was it was it was a party atmosphere. It was DJ based, and the Cold Crush Brothers were the crew. They were the Migos of their day. Was was Kaz in the Kaz was in the yes, Cold Crush? And, yes, and Grandmaster Kaz, who was the Jay Z of his day. Was in the Cold Crush Brothers, and so you know a lot of those early pioneers didn't get record deals, and so um, so yeah, so so these are the guys that Swizz is talking about. Is like those early pioneers who were putting it down at a time where no one respected hip hop, no one even thought it was real music. And subsequently those 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 people who laid the foundation have not been able to cash in. You know, they weren't getting played on MTV and all this kind of stuff. And so they don't have catalogs or royalties that they get really. And so a lot of these guys are struggling. And so that is Swizz's point. Swizz's point is like, we've come far enough in the game where it's time for us to uh, look after these people, which would be a beautiful thing. I, do, do you have you you've caught wind of, of that uh, like hip hop bus tour in the Bronx? Have you seen you seen this? Uh, I've heard a little bit. I heard rumblings. I don't really. Yeah, it's it's kind of like an oral history tour, and I think I you know I'm not been I'm not done it or whatever, but I, it's the kind of thing where I think you get picked up and you go to 1520 Cedric Avenue and you go to these other places. But I, I've heard and I've heard this to be true is that you know Grandmaster Kaz is leading some of these tours. Okay. And and there's something about that that 
is dope. Like, I mean, could you imagine if you got on that bus and like you had a, a, a driving tour of the, the Bronx and, and of hip hop history through the, through the lens of Grandmaster Kaz, that would be an incre- incredible, like wild tour. And at the same time, though, it makes me sad, right? Exactly. That like, I feel like he does this not for the, yes, for the love, but also because he probably needs to, he's, he probably needs to get that little bit of pay yeah. that I, I think that he does. And, um, which breaks my heart. But I wonder, I wonder though, I mean, as I, I, well, I have two thoughts. One is that I just, I just imagine him like rapping it in that old school style of being like, and on your left, you will see the bodega where I go buy tea. That is ice. It tastes real nice. And this is where I go to get, you know. Look past the garbage over the trains, under the ruins, through the remains, around the crime and pollution, and tell me where I fit in. And on your left, you will notice that is the post office. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you remember, remember a few years back when when Cool Herc was having health problems. Yes, I do remember. And cool and, 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 and and again, like this is this is to the, the point Swiss Beats I think is making late, right? I mean, this is like you know, uh, but I'm not I'm not trying to blame anyone. Like he's made yeah. he's making a very valid point. But yeah. I think I think I think what it is is that hip hop needs a union, truthfully. Yeah. You know, and like and like all all creatives need a union. You know, and it's like it's it's kind of like, the you know, the NBA Players Association now or the NFL Players uh, Association has kind of like paved a way of sorts because you see that they, they can pay in. And then on the uh, you know, after folks are retired, they still can get um, some medical benefits. It's not enough. But I think like that idea of unionizing is really oh, yeah. important. Yeah, and I think I think. For it, yes. It, yeah. So in the creative industry, I think there needs to be this kind of organizing effort to ensure that people after their prime are also looked after given that they've paved the way for the folks who are getting a run at it now. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And I think that's was this whole point. And, um, you know, I'm not sure what the, I haven't been keeping up with on any possible, not backlash is not the right word, but people's criticisms of it could be, but, um, you know, to me, it seems like a really positive thing. Cause again, he's saying that like, you know, it's been an uphill battle for hip hop artists to get respect. I mean, to get, you know, recognized, et cetera, et cetera. But now we have like Pulitzer Prize winners and we got, you know, people who's, you know, you got the Will Smith kids and everybody, you know, we're entrenched enough in culture that his point is like, it's time. It's time for us yeah. now to reach back and take care of our, of our elders, which I think is beautiful and very much a hip hop thing. You know, the yeah. whole idea of like, you know, respecting the foundation, respecting, respecting the architects, as they say. Yeah. 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 Praise and homage and, and to do that with, with, with capital, because there's so much more access to capital than there ever has been. And to your point, I mean, right. Like Kaz, the reason why Cold Crush didn't have records is because the people didn't think that it was a viable industry. It, 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 people didn't think that you could put the party on a record, That's right. you know, and they were and, and, fools. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, they, they lost in, you know, billions and billions of dollars, I guess, in some ways, you know, the folks who, who were resistant. Uh, but yeah, it would be great to see, man, you know. Well, Swiss, Swiss is definitely in foundation building. He's definitely in building mode right now because, you know, this versus battles platform has been, you know, so exciting and so instrumental. Um, and so did you manage to catch the ludicrous uh, Wetchamajay Nelly? battle this weekend. 
I did. I did. And we, we should let folks know, right? This is same old new school. Uh, I am with my man's Idris Goodwin. I'm Kevin Koval. This is on Vocalo IG. And this turns into a podcast that you could stream on Spotify and other platforms now. But yeah, the, the Luda Nelly battle, man, was, I mean, look, I know that Nelly caught flack for not having like proper internet and people were trying to clown him. But I, Nelly was having the most fun yeah, out of great. anybody, in yeah. part because he probably had like multiple beverages. That's right. But but yo, he he was really like having a great time. And I just I just I I I, I love I, I will forever because of country grammar. Um and because of some Midwest shit, I will forever like you know, like be down for what you know, kind of what Nelly has in terms of creative output. Um and so I thought, yeah, I mean what you you you, you caught it. Yeah, I didn't see it live, but I caught the, you know, the yeah. recording of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it was it was, um, you know, I do think that uh, it, it is funny to me that like they've done this a number of times and I, <laughs> I just can't get it right. That's kind of the charm of it. But um, but, you know, honestly, I thought I loved this thing about them acknowledging that they were of the same class that like our records, you know, and I think that's the first time it happened because with like Erica Badu, like Badu was a generation kind of before Jill and with um, with uh, uh, RZA and Premier, it was kind of the same thing. So it kind of gives them an advantage, uh, the, the, the person who's been in the game a little longer. But uh, this was cool because they were like, they came out the same year, you know, and both artists from different regions. But that said, I actually thought I'm like, wow, their sounds are actually really different. And and I actually, that's what occurred to me. Because when I saw it on paper, I was like, oh, that's that's great. That's going to be great. And I like both of those artists. But I'm like, actually, Luda's sound is is pretty hard. Dirty South mind blown, dirty South Catfish fried up. Like, he's like a, he spits. Like, he's like a spitter. Like, yeah. Well, you know, he, he you know, uh, Dan Sully just uh, hopped in the, the feed. So shout out Oak Park River Forest. Oak Park River Forest High School, you know, because uh, Luda is is from Oak Park, uh, and you know, then he went he went down to Atlanta, and that's where he made his you know sound and his style. Right. But I right. contribute some of his spitting ability to being from the Chicago no, area. No, yeah, his pen, no, his pen is mighty. Yeah, and, no, and it's different. Yeah, and that thing about Jay Z giving him that compliment about his flow, about how how much in the pocket he is. I mean, I think that's dead on spot accurate. Like. Well, and, and you, I, you know, so I, if you, the, the early, even before Nelly came on, there were a few beautiful moments that Luda had just to himself. And yeah, you know, I think you commented, right, that you could tell Luda is also a DJ by the way he kind of sure. like, was the master of that ceremony. Oh, um, yeah. And even, even like was very generous to Nelly guiding him through some of the shortcomings of his internet. And I don't know, Nelly felt like an old man in, in, in the chat in some ways. And it's no knock against him because he was turned like an old man, you know what I mean? Just wilding out on a Saturday night. <laughs> yeah. But, but things I noticed up top is that first of all, uh, Luda gave props to common, which I thought was significant, sure. you know, and, and, and you could one, if you're a kid coming up in Chicago, even if you're not, I mean, if you're around the time that Luda's coming up, Common is is you know like a, a casted giant shadow, uh, you know, in 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 the realm of of wanting to get your pen to a certain level of of expertise and idiosyncrasies. You know what I mean? That he was like really really telling very specific truths that I think then you emulated as an MC in the Midwest. Um, 
And then, and then after that, or like, at the, you know, he played a lot of those unreleased Timberland tracks up top, yeah. mm-hmm. um, you know, which I thought was, you know, he played a Wayne track that I don't, I don't know what, you know, I'm not exactly sure what that was. He did play a, a song with Chance that felt very much like a beautiful wedding song, which is Chance's yeah. whole Steve's, I think right yes, now. Yeah, but yeah, like, but, but when that song drops, that is going to be, I think, at, be at multiple people's weddings. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was it was a, another lovely one, and then now I'm catching wind that Snoop Dogg and Busta Rhymes. That's yeah, like, that, that's gonna that, break that, the internet, bro. That really is, yeah, yeah. That that is that that is the move. I, I'm just I, look that platform, the versus platform, is absolutely kind of the new jam, the new television center. Like it's just it's you know it's kind of premier entertainment you know what i mean like we're seeing media transform in front of our our eyes you know which is what hip-hop continually does you know and even even nelly's tinkering is you know not unreminiscent of oh, yeah. people trying to figure out wires in the park you know what i mean, I, mean? That's, like, I feel like that's us before this podcast every time <laughs> exactly so wait no I, I can't put my headphones in there wait i know sh- Shout out Justin Mayer, who poor Justin Mayer. I know he's just like okay. So you see that button that says on? Okay, yeah. press that button. <laughs> we're like we're like wait a minute now. Hold on. Um, so what what you're telling me is that yeah. Shout out Justin Mayer. He's he's uh, he's our producer. And yo, yeah. can I tell you too, man? You know, just on some other shit. Justin puts out. I don't know if you've been, you you caught it or listened to it, but Justin puts out a playlist to accompany the podcast. I did see and this. Just, I know. Yo, that's just, that's just fire. So check out our man. Us, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll 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 put it on our, our socials. Uh, you just follow us at our you know our individual names. Idris Goin, Kevin Copel on socials. We'll put out the playlist and the podcast. But yo, Justin's been making fire, man. Listen, listen. The man is quite talented, man. Yeah, man is quite talented. Yeah, Best thing to come out of Indiana since Larry Bird. Um, all right. This is, the, by the way, this is the same old new school. I'm Idris Kilwin. Kevin Koval. Kevin Koval. And we are talking about the week in hip hop. Now, I am extremely excited about this, about this next one. Imagine, if you will, let's all go back a magical time. 30 years ago. 30 Ooh. years ago. Yo, MTV Rap's only been on the air for two years. Um, most of America you know, over the age of 25, doesn't know nothing about no rap music, can't stand rap music, hates it. You know, we are in a we are in a pre-Fresh Prince of Bel-Air America, and an album comes out by a recently made solo artist named Ice Cube, just left a group called NWA that shook up the world with a song called Fuck the Police. And that same artist puts out a solo record called America's Most Wanted. America's Most Wanted, named after the show, a very popular show of the 90s, which basically was just like, basically just cops locking up black people. He, This black man from NWA puts out an album called America's Most Wanted, but America is spelled with a KKK instead of a C and an A. It's a KKK. America KKK's Most Wanted. And that album changes everything, shakes up the world. And it turned 30 yesterday, this is exactly 30 years old. So the question, Kevin Cole, A, what is this album? What were you doing? Because you we're about the same age, roughly. I mean, you're definitely older than me, but what we're more or less the same. What age. Are you, <laughs> no, you are. Like, you're older than me. I mean, I am in fact older than you. I yeah, mean, yeah, I'm, yeah, you're definitely I'm more mature. I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. yeah, no, you're mature. You're a mature, seasoned, older gentleman. Um, <laughs> okay, all right, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> 
uh, what were yeah, you doing? What was what I doing? I was, it was funny. I was gonna. I was gonna ask you the same question. I will say this: I, you just had a really hot take that I. You should definitely write this piece for the Atlantic or something like that. But uh, that the Fresh Prince of Bel Air elected Barack Obama. That shit is genius. Wow. Like yeah. that shit is so real. And no, you, you just crazy. you dropped that. I know that's that's really Listen. wild. Listen. Um, I was gonna ask you what were you doing when you were listening to this Cube record. I will tell you what I was doing. So you know, my folks split, and my mom moved us to the suburbs. And so I had a friend, um, Brian Culhane, who transferred to my high school my junior year, which is when this record came out. Or maybe I, mean, I should say my sophomore year, which is when this record came out. And Brian was older and had a car. And so his or his or, or his dad's hoopty or whatever it was. And so we got, you know, we got uh, America's Most Wanted because we were already NWA fans. And so we have to also go back to like how crushed we were when nwa broke up but how amped and 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 how we were anticipating this record so we're two white kids driving around in a you know predominantly white suburb listening to america's most wanted getting as the as the time was getting our mind like elevated to what was happening in a in a in a city that was so far away from where we were literally but also so far away from where we were in terms of who we were communing with and so what what I, what america's most wanted i think did for me in a lot of ways was give us give me what what you know miss brooks talked about miss one of the brooks talked about as like verse journalism what people started to call gangster rap what was was what other people had called reality rap yeah and that's what he called it just what right. called it Right. He was, like, he was like, the media called it gangster rap. We just called it reality rap. Right? Yeah. That was our reality. It was like, it was not like, hey guys, let's be gangsters. It was like, no, a gangster is our executive producer. So, right. <laughs> like, you know, the gangsters are, are, are what we see out the window, you know, including police, now, gangster police, you know. Now, what, what were you, what, what were you on when this, when this dropped? Well, here's the thing that's interesting. I was, because I'm kind of younger on the, you know, I'm, I'm sort of on the, the other side of the Generation X, like, and it was definitely, it was the older guys, it was my brother, older cousins, you know, I didn't, I was a little too young for NWA when that album came out, you know, it was, it was so underground that I had heard of it, but I hadn't really heard it, heard it. So by the time Cube drops America KK's Most Wanted, I'm a little older, and so that, I, I kind of got to that album first. And so I didn't know NWA had broken up. Like, oh, I just right. thought it was a first solo record. And again, I, you know, I love how different the world was. Like, you didn't know, you just thought it was, you didn't know they had beef really until, you know, NWA dissed them on uh, F.L. Forzagen. Uh, <laughs> and um, so, yeah, so that was kind of like prime Idris, like getting branded hip hop fan era. Like, you know, I was part of that 88 generation, but by 90, I was like In red yeah. spaghetti. So that right. album, can I be honest? Like that album is kind of like, I mean, it is, it, it is, it is one of those albums where I'm like, oh, this is an album. Like this is a, this is like my Stevie Wonder interventions generation. Like, yo, like, this, it's top to bottom. But I remember at the time, because I was so young, that song, uh, uh, it's like, it's not, it's not Once Upon a Time is in the projects, but it's the like fairy tale. Little boys and girls, they all love me. Come sit on the lap of ICE. And, and 
I just remember that track blowing my mind and just the line about met a man who was really important who lived down the street in the street in Jordan. I was just like, everybody likes Air Jordan. Like, I was like, how did he do that? You know? Um, yeah, man. So anyway, I'm all over the place. But just, you know, no, I, was living, what... I was living in the Burbs. We had just, uh, we had left Detroit maybe a couple years earlier and moved to the suburbs. So, you know, and similar thing, like you said, you know, me and Brian Cohen driving around in a predominantly white suburb. I mean, it was me and a handful of other, you know, black kids in that area driving around listening to that album. And so that line that he says, it's time. let's take a little trip to the suburbs, let them see an N-word invasion, point blank on a Caucasian. We were like, yes, but don't mistake us. Like, you know, it just put us in a weird position. Like, it, it, it was like, we're in the suburbs. And we're, you know, and so, but that kind of like distinct specific, I mean, who was talking about that kind of stuff in rap music at that time? Like that level of class specificity around suburbs and city and, you know, and really like living in that perception, like he sort of understood the suburban middle class perception of him and he leaned into it. He used it. He used that stereotype and gave you the stereotype and then cracked it open and showed you more. And that's what, that's what's so brilliant about it is that it's not just this sort of, it's not what, it's not what easy Ian and wanted. Like if you listen to F.R. Forzagen, it's, you notice there's no cube and you know, and you lose that kind of depth, you know, that psychological depth. I mean, he's, it's so, he's, it's no surprise that he becomes a filmmaker listening to it again recently. I'm like, that's what he's doing. Like he's making a movie on this album, just the way, like every song he's got, it's a strong eye voice. It's a, it's a strong point of view. He's almost like, it, it feels very present tense. And everything's well, we've, talked, we've, we've talked about his, his albums before feeling very much like novels, Yo, um, you know, and, and this, this one is like the first of his, of his great run of, of not of records that are novels death certificate, I think being, <sighs> You know the, the like the masterpiece in 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 a suite, right? Um, so somebody's asking about you know his his switch to East Coast production with with the Bomb Squad, and you know he Cube tells a great story about sleeping on the studio floor of the Bomb Squad, working with the Shock Lees and Chuck and and these folks in order to make this record because he wanted he, he part of what he wanted to do was like to tell a West Coast story over production that was respected. You know, at a moment in 90 when there was still a kind of a stepson mentality or a stepchild mentality between East Coast respect in terms of the culture and and, the, and really like the new Jack from the West Coast. And so he, he you know, he, this this saga, this trip he takes across country to record with the bomb squad with public enemies production crew is really significant and really beautiful. Well, you know, and just on some super nerd-ish, because I, I dug in a little bit, too, is that a couple of factoids. He thought after he left NWA, he's like, well, it's all good, guys. You know, I can still work with Dre. And Jerry Heller was like, no, you're not going to work with Dre. You left the group. Bye. And so he said, if I can't have the best producer on the West Coast, I'm going to get the best producer on the East Coast. And he was talking to Def Jam, and he wanted to work with Sam Sever, who would work with Third Base. Ready in the intro, cue up the searchlight, promise to the center stage. I grabbed the first projecting the Sam Sever stood him up, and he was at the Def Jam office, and he ran into Chuck D. And he had been on Burn Hollywood Burn, on Fear of a Black Planet. Ice Cube is down with the P.E. Now 
and that's how it worked. But then what's cool is that like, it's him, it's the Shock Lees, but it's also Sir Jinx. Who I just found out is Dr. Dre's cousin. Sir Jinx is one of the great underrated West Coast producers. And really those first couple Ice Cube albums it, it's it's so jinx like so so what's cool is like yes it does have that 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 bomb squad quality to it like the cohesion but it's still got that west coast flavor too like oh yeah absolutely i, I don't know it doesn't sound like an east coast album to me like i like it sounds like a west coast album to me but i think it's got that level of cohesion that the bombs like it's just the engineering like there's just something about that sound man that just makes the albums of that era undeniable they're so funky they're so funky and so rich and um so yeah man like i love all that history i love that mythology and, and no uh, those are gems i you know one thing i want to mention because i know we're, we're about to get out of here is just you know as the world continues to you know suffer from the chronic maintenance of white supremacy in this time where you know like the ahmaud arbery murder and and several others that have been in the last week you know it, it, you know, this endangered species uh, record. And we've talked a lot about this before, but, you know, hip hop said Black Lives Matter, you know, 30 plus years before the movement and has been continually reminding in this instance, you know, speaking to a white America as well as as a black America about the uh, fully recognizing folks' right to exist and also the tyranny of what happens because of white supremacy. And that was significant then, and the shit stands now, tragically. Yeah, absolutely, man. I think that's that's right. I mean, like, you know, when Chuck says, all of us are in danger, yeah, like, it is really tragic and heartbreaking because you're just like, what is, you know, this album still goes now because of the messaging on it. And that's really unfortunate, obviously. But at the same time, I think about Ice Cube and I think about like who he is and the Will Smiths and all that. And like, they've created this legacy where, so it's like the guy who made that album has now more power, you know, now and is, and is able to, you know, cover and um, extend the life of the people, you know, and that is what hip hop's been able to do. Sure, it's about educating, but it's also about building something, building a foundation so that, yeah, you can ensure the, the longevity of your race, you know what I'm saying? We didn't get a chance to get into the misogyny <laughs> on the record, which which I, I, really what it's talking about. We might need to do a part two. Uh, yeah. Or, or, yeah, we might need to drop like a part two because that's, that's I've been wrestling with that all week. So no, I don't even want to do like a short change version of it. Yeah, um, I did go. I did go back and read the Bell Hooks interview mm -hmm. that he did in Spin, uh, the year I, I think I think in ninety or maybe ninety one or something like that. And it's mm -hmm. it's fascinating. You could you could go, folks could Google it and find this yeah. Bell Hooks uh, interview that he does. But yeah, we should we should absolutely talk about that. Yeah, but I do think I mean to your point, I do think um, there have been a lot of prominent female scholars, female identified scholars who have written about that album and talked to him about that album. And so before you hear two more dudes running yeah. up about it, yeah, everybody right, should all check, check that out yeah. and up. But yeah, we'll we, do we, a part two. But either way, we man, also, yeah. we, I, I will say this, we would be remiss if we did not mention the gaffling. I ain't uh, never got gaffling uh, like that. I used to do the gaffling. You know, McDonald's was my spot. And just like that little skit, I think we'll carry that skit with us forever. And yes. part of what that album did 
is also just put the country on to, you know, West Coast, more Catholic. West Coast slang. I know. Yeah. Because he used exactly. to go to Gagauf like that. He used to be <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. All right. Well, it's been a pleasure. This this time blew by. And uh, as always, you can catch me and the homie Kevin Koval, Samuel New School, Mondays, right here at Vocalo IG Live. Look for us on all the socials. Kevin Coble, what's your socials, man? It's at my name, at Kevin Coble, and you, sir? Uh, at Idris Goodwin across the landscape. Everybody continue to stay safe. Keep those radios all the way at 10, and we will see you when we see you. Stay up. Peace.